At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson, and I'm here with Ron Hicks, and we are going to talk about what do you want your children to become? Hmm. Ron, what do you, that's a broad topic, isn't it? Yeah, like astronaut. I I love it when you talk to young kids about, you know, particularly little boys and, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a policeman or a firefighter or a yeah. Donut maker. <laughs> well, I was. Yeah, yeah. I know you'd like your child yes, to be a donut, donut maker, maker, so you can have all yes, kinds sir. of free donuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is an, I'm, this topic comes by inspiration of Dennis Prager. He wrote a column in National Review recently, and uh, it's entitled "What Do You Want Your Child to Be?" And he begins by saying, by asking this, or by saying this: mm-hmm. Ask any young person, even a young child, what do you want to be? And just about everyone will answer a doctor, an engineer, a teacher, a firefighter, an airplane pilot, or a member of some other profession. It's completely understandable, he goes on to say. But I have a suggestion that would change your child's life and the world for the better. Hmm. Tell your child to answer, I want to be a good person. This would completely change the way your child sees himself or herself. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I wanted us to talk about this on the Commonwealth Matters because... In a day and age where uh, the definition of human being is up in the air and the definition of a fulfilled life is up in the air, and as you see cultural and moral and spiritual breakdown, this is an important question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you want to be? And it extends beyond just children. Yeah. What do you want to be? And I think in our American mindset, we want to be accomplished. We want to have money. Mm-hmm. We want to have leisure time. It's the American dream, yeah, right? Sure. <laughs> Go have, pursue yeah. your calling in life, mm-hmm. accumulate wealth yeah. and, and have pleasure, and enjoy yourself. Sure. And there's some element of each of those things that are legitimate. Yeah. It's we are God uh, ordained, God made creatures who are given gifts and talents and, and we're made to do something. Sure. And we do want to accumulate wealth mm-hmm. and and to pass on to our children and, and enjoy some of it here we, through leisure activity, our hobbies and recreation, whatever it might be. But is that the ultimate? I mean, no. is the American dream in those terms, is that the ultimate? I would say no. Well, the religious, the, I mean, the the uh, finance advisor, uh, Dave Ramsey, who's also a born-again believer, he, he he's famous for a phrase, and I'm, I may mess it up, but he says, uh, you know, save like nobody saves so you can give like nobody gives. Yeah. You know, um, and, and his whole thing is if you make a lot of money uh, in, in the biblical context, that means you have a lot of money that you can sow into the community, a whole lot of money that you that you could give back and in, in, in to be able to advance the kingdom. So yeah. I think it was uh, maybe John Wesley who um, was talking about money and he said something to the effect that um, work as hard as you can, save as much as you can and give as much as you can. Yeah. Something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're created to work mm-hmm. as part of what it means Absolutely, to be human, yeah. mm-hmm. but we also should, should uh, save. And then we should also give. We don't yeah. just accumulate for ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's not all about us, but we give back to our families, our children, and to our communities as well. Right. 
So, but I want us to so get back. Teach your, to- teach your children to be a good person. Now we can we can go the spiritual route, and then nobody's good, you know. But God, and without God, we can't be good, and that, that, that's true. But so this whole whole idea of seeing yourself from the light of how do other people perceive me? Am I contributing to society? Am I am I a giver or a taker? I understand all that. So so what what, what does he have to say about this? Yeah, no, he. I mean, what he's saying is essentially that our culture is breaking down mm-hmm. because we have forgotten to teach our children that there's something more important than just attaining a certain rank in society, a certain status. And there's something more important than just getting a lot of money. But it's about being a good person. Uh, and I would add to that to be a well-adjusted uh, human being that is walking with God uh, and is a blessing to others. Yeah. When we understand who we are and whose we are, when we understand what we're made for, uh, when we walk with God, we are going to be in harmony with ourselves. Our, our, and when I say that, mm-hmm. I mean there's not going to be this inner conflict. Right. What am I? What's my life about? And what am I supposed to be doing? But when we're in harmony with ourselves, with God, we're in harmony with others in our community. There's less strife. There's less <laughs> conflict. You, you know, the, you, crime is not going to be an issue. Uh, coveting uh, is not going to be an issue. Uh, you're going to you you will have a more wholesome society. And really, what the, the, is happening in our culture today, Ron? The breakdown of society comes down to a breakdown in an understanding of who we are and who we are in relation to God. And it's not about you. Yeah. You know, sometimes people in a room full of people say, well, I'm hot. And they, uh, yeah. they, they literally think somebody ought to go and turn the air conditioner yeah. because one person has said yeah. they're hot. Yeah. It's all about me. And, and so along those lines, what if that person's wrong? What if they're having a right, right. medical episode or a hot flash or something? Well, and what that, if actually the hot? temperature could be just right yeah, for everybody. Well, yeah, I was going to say, what if they're hot, but everybody else in the room is cold? <laughs> you yeah, know, just yeah. because you feel one way doesn't mean everybody needs to. And children uh, nowadays, are we live in a, in a society, in a world of instant gratification, and often every parent wants their children to have it better than they had. But at some point, you, you get to, to, to a spot where every single thing they want that's given to them, and they, ha- they adopt this mentality is everything's about me. That's right. And, and that's, it's not. That doesn't make you a good person. Yeah, that's good. And that's something that parents need to teach their children at a young age, uh-huh. that it's not all about you. Right. That there are certain expectations. There are certain rules mm-hmm, for life. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dennis Prager encourages parents to start asking, what, what do you want your child to be? Ask yourself that. And then to start the conversation, it's more important that they become a good person then they just attain some kind of status again yeah. in life. This is what Prager says. Mm-hmm. The moment you tell your child to answer to be a good person is what they should want to be, you will have to start communicating that oh, you wow. value their character more than their grades. So you're going to have to unpack what a good person looks like. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. now you're teaching morals and values and all those things along with it yeah. as opposed to, I want to be an astronaut. Okay, well, then the school, pay attention to science and math and all the rest of that. You shuttle that responsibility on other people. But when you say a good person, now you as a parent are saying, I've got to, I've got to navigate them through what being a good person looks like. Yeah. Biblically, Ron, the Israelites were commanded to teach their children God's principles. Mm-hmm. And there's one found in Deuteronomy 6, this. 4 through 9. It says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. 
Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Wow. Uh, the admonition is very clear that parents are to teach their children, to impress upon them, to talk about them when they're uh, sitting around the dinner table at home or when they're taking the kids to school or mm-hmm. going to the grocery store, mm-hmm. when you're putting them down uh, for the night for bed. Uh, you're to teach your children about God and about his goodness right. and his love and his rules for life. I love that word impress. It doesn't say brand. It doesn't say force, but impress them. Children catch far more than they're taught. Hey, Richard Nelson here. Did you know that there's an election coming up? And according to some projections, the turnout is going to be low, somewhere in the low 30th percent range. This means that only about one out of every three eligible voters will get out to the polls to vote this November the 5th. And this is unfortunate on two accounts. First, our freedom depends on our involvement and our vote. Second, it's a really important election. Races for governor, attorney general, and other constitutional offices are on the Kentucky ballot. And the future of our Commonwealth is at stake. To learn more about the candidates, go to CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. That's CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. Inform yourselves about the candidates, then vote your values on Tuesday, November the 5th. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. And parents, what are you teaching your children to be? Are you teaching them to uh, pursue a certain profession and that, like that's the accomplishment to you know, simply become something, maybe even to just get good grades? Mm-hmm. Or are you teaching them something broader to be a good person, to develop good character, to be a man or woman of integrity? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ron, I think the question comes down to what are we modeling? our kids. Well, as we were going to break, I'd learned a long time ago, somebody told me that kids catch more than they're taught, meaning that they're going to watch you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, if you don't do what you say, there's a very strong possibility they're going to do what you do as opposed to what you say. So if we want our children, if we're going to teach them this idea of being a good person, they're going to be watching us. And we can say, be honest, but if they hear us cheating on our taxes, if they hear, be kind, but they hear the words that you say when you're driving, oh, yeah. uh, they're, they're going to catch those things. And so I think we need to model that. You know, we were, we were talking before, before we ever started recording the program. Uh, I've noticed when you ask a young child, how old are you? I'm seven, getting ready to be eight. You know, 13, getting ready to be 14. Mm-hmm. They're always looking forward to what's coming next. Yeah. Oh, I'm in, I'm in grade school, getting ready to be in middle school. I'm in middle school, getting ready to be in high school. Yeah. When we become an adult, when you ask an adult how old they are, 32. <laughs> Whatever yeah. happened to I'm getting ready to be? They're not excited about no, to be 33 no. or whatever. Nobody ever I, says I, I'm a doctor, but but I'm getting ready to retire and then I'm going to do this. Or yeah. or it's the. Well, it, I think that's because the kids want to be something. They view themselves. They're seen as not fully adult with full responsibilities. Mm-hmm. They don't. They're not viewed on the same plane as as adults. Right. I think. But as a child, if you say, "What do you want to be when I grow up? I want to be a doctor." Well, when you're a doctor. Well, then what? You know, if you say, I want to be a good person, I want to impact society and all the rest of that, that's a never ending sort of a thing. So you can say to an adult, what do you want to be? Or how old are you? I'm 32, getting ready to be 33, and I'm getting ready to start a a nonprofit, or I'm getting ready to a free clinic, or you're always getting ready to be. I I think it's your vantage point. Again, the child wants to be recognized Mm -hmm. as somebody that's done something to have that goal. 
um, for that person, that adult who has a certain occupation. They might be the doctor or the lawyer. I think, uh, yeah, they might have gotten in a routine in life. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're kind of in the doldrums, like, yeah, boy, right. it's not all cracked. It's up to be. Right. What am I doing? I want to add another perspective. Sure. If there's a believer that understand that God has given them a gift in a possibility or an opportunity to bless others, they can look at the other opportunities. Yes, I'm a doctor now. How can I bless those in my community that can't afford health care? Right. I'm a lawyer. What can I do to help bless the indigent? Uh, can I give pro bono work to represent them in court? There, If we have a larger view that, again, it's not about our ultimate achievement, the world doesn't revolve around our mm-hmm. desires, it's not about us. but we're part of a bigger picture. Right, right. We're created in the image of God. We're made to walk with God. He gives us gifts and talents to uh, provide and to bless others. Mm-hmm. And if we see it from that perspective, yeah, we can look at different stages of our lives and get excited, Ron. Sure, Being absolutely. 50 years old saying, yeah, yeah I, I'm in a position now where I can maybe step away from this kind of work yeah. and look in this direction where there's a great need. And I think that's yeah. something that is so missing in our communities. Absolutely. If we instill this with our kids, uh-huh. if we begin to instill, what does it mean to be good? What does it mean to have good character? Mm-hmm. That lesson will follow them through their life. Well, and what, what if a child their entire life wants to be a police officer, yeah. which is a, a, an honorable profession? I'm, I'm a fan of police officers. Um, and, and, and so they, they go to high school, they go to college, get a degree in criminology and all the rest of that, and they become a police officer. And something happens, and they're no longer able to be a police officer. If that's their goal, then their whole identity is gone. Yeah. Yeah. But if they say, I want to be a good person, and in being a good person, I want to be able to serve my community as a police officer, you take that police officer out of it, okay, well, the, my identity is not gone. What, what I've done for a living is gone, but my identity is I want to be a good person and help the community. So now, how do I help the community in a different role? So, so right. you know, we've both known men, I'm sure, yeah. who have lost their job for quite some time. Yeah. And they just kind of wander around, you know, their whole sense of identity is gone because they've put it all in a vocation as opposed to a lifestyle of what they want to be. How do I glorify God with every single aspect of my life? And and I think if we, again, if we model that, you know, how old are you? 58. But at 65, (laughs) I'm going to retire and then I can volunteer full time at the school, you know, Mm -hmm. so always looking to. To what what has what we have in store for the for the future? Yeah, right? no, that's that's good. So we do need to model uh, a good example to our sure. children, but also we need to be mindful of what influence we're allowing into oh their my. lives, into our homes mm-hmm. as well. A lot of negative influences out there, whether it's through the television or through a smartphone. But we're both looking at these devices we, right we, now. We've got three oh, of them around our ooh, table. Man. There's a, a porthole to the most evil wickedness that you could possibly, yeah. nothing is left to the imagination anymore. Yeah. So absolutely controlling access to, to information for sure. Ron, we need to be mindful of the kind of influences we allow into our homes and into our child's lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're going to model uh, what it means to have good character mm-hmm. and uh, what it means to have integrity. We also need to be mindful of other influences uh, that our kids are involved like with. Radio, television, magazines, oh, that sort of stuff. Okay. Smartphones. I uh-huh. mean, the iPads here and the t- uh, the computer in front mm-hmm, of you. Mm-hmm. There is so much out there for, for, for good and for ill. Oh, absolutely. Really. Yeah. I mean, this technology is good in a lot of mm-hmm, ways, but there's mm-hmm. also a lot of garbage out there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we need to be mindful that uh, it matters what kids put into their lives, what we allow... Them 
them to be exposed to. Well, and it matters uh, what adults put in their life. If we as an adult say to our kids, hey, I don't want you watching that program. Okay, little Jimmy, little Susie, go on to bed because mom and daddy are going to watch this inappropriate show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? I know. Uh, hey, as a rule of thumb, if it's inappropriate for the parents, child, it's probably yeah, inappropriate yeah. for the parents. Well, if, if, it's, you, yeah, if the kids can't watch it, adults need to ask themselves, why are they watching it? Absolutely. And that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah that's what I meant. Uh, so yeah, we do need to be mindful of those, uh, of the influences. And then also what are the expectations of them? If our kids step out of line, if they, uh, are talking back, mm-hmm. if they're engaging in behaviors that are unhealthy, uh, we need to, as parents step in and tell mm-hmm. them that and say, we, we expect better of you and here's why. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. That's where parenting, uh, can be challenging because we want to love our kids. We don't want conflict. At the same time, we want them to grow up and to be healthy, responsible adults that have proper boundaries, that uh, that are just healthy human beings. You know, children want they want rules. They want uh, they, they wouldn't articulate that, but you know, I tutor at the school uh, next door to our church, and uh, I've got a group of young men. I, I set the bar really, really high. Mm-hmm. I tell them I will not be challenged. Um, uh, whatever I say goes, and. And uh, they stand to speak, and you know, the part of this club that we're a part of, and, and the they address everybody as Mr., and their elbows can't go on the table and all. Yeah. I've got some of the kids that act up in class. They don't act up in my club because I set the bar so incredibly yeah. high. Yeah. They want to meet that. They want to be able to meet. The, you have expectations of them. You absolutely. know that they can meet that. Yes. You're challenging them yeah. to meet that. By the way, that was a, there was a, a write-up in a statewide publication about you and this mentoring, essentially a mentoring program for yeah, young yeah. boys in the te- local teach uh, boys how elementary to be men. school yeah. just across the road yeah. from How there. to be leaders. And most of these children have never been identified to their face as leaders. So you say to them, you're a leader. So here's what a leader is. This is what a leader acts like. And you set the bar really high, and those boys want to meet it every single time. If you just say, "Okay, we'll be a be a doctor," okay, well then then you can you can be anything you know, have whatever character you want, any more any morals you want, or whatever. All you got to do is go to school and be a doctor. No, you got to teach them to be a leader, be a be a man according to God's word. And, and and parents, this is where you can impart to your children: you are a special human being made in God's image. Fearfully, you have, wonderfully made. You have That's incredible right. potential, Come incredible on possibility, and uh, you're better than that. When they step over a line, or when they're not meeting those expectations, they need to be challenged by you as a parent. Sure, because of they're not reaching the fullness of what they're intended to be. If they're short-circuiting. Yeah. So, hey, we're going to come back. We're out of time for this segment, but stay with us, and we'll be back for the final segment of The Commonwealth Matters. At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to The Commonwealth Matters. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson with Ron Hicks, and we are talking about uh, expectations for our children, modeling good behavior for our children. Teaching them to be a good person as opposed to a lawyer, a doctor, a baker, a candlestick maker. What what is more important for them than just achieving a status or a place in life? 
is for them to be a good person, mm-hmm. a well-developed human being made uh, who, that understands God's story mm-hmm. and their place in God's story. I love that. Understand God's story and their place in that story. That's good, when, man. When we start from that basis, yeah. you know, I've had a, the definition of history mm-hmm. was explained to me that it's his story. Ooh. It's a story of God. I'm going to take credit for that. And when we, you can take all the credit you want, Ron. <laughs> but if, you know, do we understand our place in God's story? And are we teaching our children their place in well, God's story? Well, if we did, it's, we automatically kids would know it's not all about me. So that that's a great, that's a great point. And this is an important starting point place for us because at a young age we even if you you're brought up in church you're teaching your kids you know they take them to Sunday school and you might teach them bible stories i don't know if it's really um getting hitting home that there's a larger story that there's a great and mighty god who spoke the world into existence mm-hmm. and created this beautiful earth and it was perfect at one time and and then put Adam and Eve in the garden, but sin came in through their rebellion against God. And now we live in a Genesis 3 fallen world. And uh, we're, But here's the good news. Jesus came, and mm, he came to, to reconcile us mm-hmm. to God the Father through his sacrifice and through what he did on Calvary. Bought us he, back from sin and death. To connect us back to God so that we can live free from the chains of sin, free from guilt and free from shame to be what we were made to be. Now, and if what, our kids live in that yeah. story, if our kids understand us, this, this the, yeah. you know, I just, that, that's the gospel, yeah. what I just yeah, shared. Absolutely. But if they understand that they have a place in that story, uh, it will, I think, unleash their, the full capacity of what they were made to absolutely. be. Absolutely. But they got to start with from the right starting yes, point. Yes, yeah. Well, you tell a child, you God in the flesh bought you back from death, from sin, from the grave, bought you back. And you know what he paid for you? He paid with his life, he paid with his body, he paid with his blood. God did not think of beneath him to step down from from his throne and he came to purchase you. That's your self-worth, not yeah. not if you're a good doctor or a good nurse or a good janitor or a good this, but but whether with your life you 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 work out, um, you, you know you you make God proud for what He paid for you, if you will. Yeah. First Corinthians six twenty says this: For you've been bought with a price. Therefore, mm. glorify God in your body. Mm-hmm. And for those believers who really understand that that yeah. you were bought, you were once a slave to sin. Yes. You were once a captive to the enemy. But you've been freed, and you're no longer a slave. But uh, because you're bought with a price, there's an expectation to that, to glorify God. Mm -hmm. We're not supposed to go back into sin, go back into our foolish ways. That just uh, doesn't make sense. We can never repay him for the the price that he was. So so what we can do is glorify him. Absolutely. The Bible says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all as unto the Lord. Right. Ron, Ephesians 2.10 says this, speaking of what are we to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Wow. So we're created with purpose. Uh-huh. And the original purpose that God designed us for was to tend and to keep the earth. He told, put Adam and Eve in the garden. He said to tend it and to keep it. Mm-hmm. But they also were made to walk with God. Yeah, absolutely. They walked with God in the mm-hmm. cool of the evening. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's part of how we're hardwired. Yeah. That's part of our design. And our children need to know that, that we are made to walk with God. Yeah. And it's so hard today in a very secular culture mm-hmm. that wants to keep spiritual things bottled up to Sunday mornings. 
maybe Wednesday evenings if, tur- if your church still has a Wednesday <laughs> yeah. evening service. Not many do, the, right? The five that go to Wednesday service. Yeah, yeah, there's not many. No. But we live in a secular age where many, many people will say, yeah, I believe in God. When I say secular, by the way, let me define that. Yeah. Secularism is simply, it doesn't mean atheism. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean there's no belief in God. Right. It means that there is little room for spirituality in a public way. Mm-hmm. There's little room for the supernatural and acknowledgement of God in a public uh, arena. Like when you hear a politician say, my my faith will have n- absolutely no influence on my decision making. That is the, <laughs> the textbook yes. definition of secularism, yes. because it's telling me a couple of things. One is his faith really doesn't no, matter no. in his, in his no. life or in his calling, no. but uh, it's also reflective of a very, very small faith. What yes. is that faith that yeah. if you're just going to keep it totally separate from mm-hmm. you? The truth is, is that we all have a worldview. There are all basic tenets that we hold to. And uh, in that case, that you, in that mm-hmm. example you just mm-hmm. gave, the tenets and the basic faith is not really informed by his religious views. It's something else that's informing him. So as, uh, as followers of Jesus, though, we realize there's a bigger story, a bigger picture, mm-hmm. higher purpose. You know, Ron, uh, the American dream says, go and make all you can, spend all you can, live it borrow up all you, all you can, can, borrow right. all you can, get into debt, uh, right? Leave your debt to your grandchildren. But, but <laughs> accomplish something. I think accomplishment is somewhere in the American dream. You know, be a great businessman mm-hmm. or be a great mm-hmm. uh, musician or be a great teacher, whatever it might be. And those might be all well and good to a certain degree. But if that's the ultimate, if that's it, after you've achieved those things, Without realizing you're part of a larger story, you've missed something. There's a story in the scriptures about a a, a gal by the name of Tabitha, and this is this is my heart's desire, honestly, and and not trying to bring attention to myself, but when she died, the scriptures say, and this is a Hicks paraphrase, um, it, it says there was a disciple in in Joppa named Tabitha, and then it goes on to say that she died. I want to live my, uh, such a life that when when my body ceases to function. And there are family and friends gathered with my family uh, and, and my, my remains are sitting in a casket that somebody would honestly be able to say there was a disciple in Hopkinsville named Ron, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and just to live a life to where that would be a true statement. Oh. Um, you know, and I think it, it, not a pastor, not a not a candlestick maker, but there was a disciple. Yeah. Uh, you that's, know, that's that's my heart's that's, desire. That's powerful. When you're thinking in eternal terms, you're not just thinking right now in the here and now, if you will, but you're thinking big picture down the line. Um, what well, you're being doing a disciple now, is here and now, but certainly glorifying God, yeah. so that when I'm in eternity, that's right. Yeah, absolutely, that's, that's sure. right. But I mean, I think you're thinking downrange. Right. You're thinking. Um, well, and that's what he's saying it, about our children. Yeah. Let them think downrange, not just to graduating college, not just having a vocation, but what are you going to do that's going to impact people for just longer than than the diplomas on the wall or until your practice is thriving? What are you going to do to be able to impact? How are you going to bloom where you're planted? Yeah. And how many seeds are you going to leave behind? Yeah, that's good. I want to close with a passage from Philippians 4, 8 through 9. It says this. This is Paul speaking to the Philippian church or writing a letter in his letter to the Philippian church, he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Mm. Then he goes on to talk about modeling. <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And my encouragement Amen. to parents is that they will model these things, encourage their kids to think of the true and the beautiful and the good, Mm -hmm. but then to model them, Mm -hmm. to teach them not just to become a certain profession, 
but to be a good person Amen. in light of That's God's right. story. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ron, thank you, brother. Good thank program. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yep. you, listeners. God bless each and every one of you.